This is John Lyons, and you're listening to Cinema Activist. So my special guest today is Shira Pettis, and Shira and I have been spending a lot of time virtually uh, working on a new project, and we'll get to that soon. But first, hi, Shira. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So Shira and I were introduced by our mutual friend, Devonna Paisley. Shout out to Devonna. Indeed. Thank you, Devana. Thank you, Devana. I I don't know if I told you this, but I had always, from the very beginning, Unearth originated as like a six-part miniseries. And then it turned into, you know, the, the, I guess you could say maybe the first third of the story would be movie one. Now, obviously, uh, you know, parts two and three um, have changed quite a bit, but many years ago, that was kind of always the plan of like to tell a story that started, um, in a rural community, move into the city and then kind of go into the bigger picture structural issues. We've kind of covered a bunch of that in Unearth, but Shira and I have been working on Unleash is the title, uh, as of now. And, um, yeah, Devonna introduced us because, um, I wanted to write with somebody that was local here in Northwestern Pennsylvania, someone with some, some talents with the words, um, (laughs) and someone with a perspective that was different than my experience, um, you know, growing up as a a white dude out in the woods. So, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, Devana introduced us, and how long ago was that now? Do you remember when we first uh, met? Was it like last summer? Summer Early. Early, early last summer? summer. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was uh, like, you know, when the pandemic was kind of still like, you know, pretty pretty serious, and we met on a park bench, right, in Perry Square? Yeah. Well, first I got the message and I'm like, who is this random person messaging me on Facebook Messenger? I almost didn't open it because I was like, I don't I don't know who this is. And I just kind of seen a little trickle that said Devonna's name. And I said, OK, well, if they know Devonna, then it's not going to be some weirdo who's in my inbox. So maybe I'll open it and read it. So good thing I, dr- I name dropped Devonna early because otherwise... Yes. <laughs> We, I may still be looking for someone <laughs> to write with. Absolutely. So um, are you originally from, where are you originally from? Are you always a local Erie Northwestern PA or are you a transplant? Erie. Always an Erie girl. Okay. So we went away um, briefly for college, but that's about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
where um where'd you go to school and when you were in like uh you know grade school k through 12 what what were your interests did you always uh have an interest in telling stories no actually i didn't so i i um went to catholic school k through eight i went to st john's and then um ninth through 12th grade i went to east high school um I didn't really, other than like the basic writing that you do in school, you know, you do your little bit of poetry and do your little bit of things just to get your grade and go about your day. Um, I wasn't really interested in anything. I was more into, I mean, I played soccer. I I did bowling. I did those kind of things. I didn't have a specific interest. interest. I liked reading, but never really to the point that I said, oh, I'm going to be a writer. Because I always actually said, I'm going to be a OBGYN like I want to deliver babies and I just that I love the idea and then I got older and I was like no dude you cannot see blood and things and stuff and deliver somebody's child without passing out so let's not do that let's move on um it wasn't until I was probably 11 I think yeah 11 my grandfather had passed away New Year's Eve in 2001 and I was never an overly emotional kid, so, like, I needed an outlet. I didn't have, a like, an outlet. I didn't, like, cry. I didn't do all those things. So I was like, I got to put this somewhere. And I had a diary, and I was like, just one night, opened it up and just wrote my feelings down. And my feelings were written down in the form of poetry. And from there, it just kind of became, I like this. This is a great tool. And I just kept kept writing from there. Uh huh. Okay, I got you. So uh, I assume your grandfather was a big big part of your life growing up. Yes, a huge part. We spent a lot of time mm-hmm. at the grandparents' house. Um, my mom worked two jobs, so after school, grandfather would pick us up, go to his house until she got done with work, and. Just as much time as we spent at home, we probably spent at our grandparents' house. Uh-huh. Like it was pretty much a home home away from home. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And I it's it's interesting. Like um, I always drew and wrote and stuff when I was younger, and I did like comp. I drew like comic books and stuff. But really, like my I think that like my art matured when because as my dad died at kind of an early age, like 75 from Alzheimer's and uh, Parkinson's and stuff. And yeah, seeing like, you know, he was like a a Marine, he was in the Marine Corps um, and seeing like this person that like, he was a runner, like a big athlete and an outdoorsman and stuff and kind of like seeing his decline, um, I think had a really strong effect on me. And that's, that's when I kind of wrote like my first, feature film and like I was just totally absorbed in that project Uh, it was a story about a man dying from Alzheimer's basically uh, and their minds declined so it was a really personal project Um, do you find that uh, I assume a lot of your work kind of comes out of, of personal things that you're you're working through too or do you have like you know a real um I don't know, kind of a world building, imaginary, imagined a big imagination. Okay, so if for those into astrology and all those things and horoscopes and whatnot, um, 
as a Pisces, we kind of live in the clouds. We live in our head a little bit. We imagine a lot of things. Like in my head, I probably wrote like, I don't know, a good 50 books. I mean, they're not anywhere on paper, but in my head, you know, I've created these things. Um, but in reality, it's more on experience, whether it's personal or um, maybe it affects those around me or things I, I've even seen that may trigger me in a way. Like I got to write, you know, just kind of how I felt about something. Um, I will say like the poetry um, book that I'm working on, it's not all personal, but it's personal-esque. I guess, uh-huh. like, you know, so I, I draw it from, you know, people, friends, family, um, and just kind of, it's you know, it's kind of a way to create. I have to have something real to go off of, though. It's not just like, I don't feel like, just as my personal opinion, it's as authentic if I'm just like, I'm going to write this just because. But if I have something to take it from that really resonates with me, then I feel like I put more into it. Yeah, yeah, understood, yeah. Yeah, we draw our inspirations not just from, you know, within, but those around us and, you know, things that we see out in the world. I guess things that really move us uh, enough to because it takes a lot of time, right? It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of emotional energy and intellectual energy. So it has to be something. The world that, of writing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has to be something you like really care about or can find um, a personal entry point. Um, whether yeah it's you or somebody in your family or something like that I always feel like that yeah like you said it's got to be authentic in in a certain way um, okay so so you're working on a book I mean that's I'm really excited to hear more about that so when did you start um, is this your first book and uh, when did you start working on it and is there kind of a theme to uh, the work it's been a process for a long time. It's been poetry from years ago, created with, you know, poetry from now. It's, I, I just told my husband recently, like, literally, I'm not going to be one of those people that has multiple poetry books. I already know because it, it takes a lot out of me. It takes so much time. I said, in my lifetime, I'm, I will maybe probably write five, maybe. I just, I just know it because, like, this one alone has taken years and it's still not done but it's like every time I think I'm done I'm like no 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 I gotta add more I gotta I gotta I gotta put more in there because at first it was supposed to be a chat book and chat books are you know not very um in-depth you know have anywhere from 10 to 30 poems usually what's a so describe to me what a chat book is a chat book is just a smaller body of work um usually they have a theme as well um but you, I mean, you can get away with doing 10 and just paper copy and you can just pass it out to people kind of thing. Um, you can make money off of it. It's not a big money maker. You're kind of just getting yourself out there. Um, and do, as opposed to doing like a regular size poetry book, you can have like anywhere from 30 to 100, 150 poems in it. Not that I would think that you would want that many. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I feel like once you when you keep going and you're reading, it's like if it just consistently you're like, all right, I don't even know what that last one's about anymore because I'm just steadily reading. Um, I just read recently, um, actually from other thing, my husband and children got me a poetry book, and I was and I normally 
especially right now while working mm-hmm. on my own, I try to avoid reading other people's work. So I uh-huh. don't like get too influenced by what they're doing. But I was so invested in her book mm-hmm. that I was like, I usually don't do this, but dude, I love it. Like she's amazing. And then I was like, I'm still going back to the drawing board and it's things like that too. So I'm like, stay away from, you know, reading other people and just getting invested because then I'm like, I'll never be done. I will never be done. And it needs to be done. And there's, there's a, a title, there's like stuff happening. Um, the theme really was trauma and it's not specific to, you know, what they, what we consider standard trauma, you know, um, death, rape, bullying, like it's, it's more than that. It's, you know, the other things that you don't think of, like childhood traumas. Um, like, for instance, in particular, um, growing up being a darker skinned girl, like you get told, oh, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. Um, that's traumatic, you know, like in your in your mind, you're thinking I'm not good enough because I'm darker than her or, you know, there's just other ones. I, I don't I can't even be specific. There's so much happening in there. Mm-hmm. But the, at, in the end, it's that trauma doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have from that, you can draw positive positivity, whether you need to go to therapy or you need to seek um, counseling of some sort. Just anything you need to do. Mm-hmm. that you don't have to stay there like you don't have to find all the negative things too so you don't get over that trauma drugs alcohol which is also a part of um the poetry book because that's a form of trauma in itself you know you're using these things to try to cope with other trauma and it's just continuously a negative thing so that's kind of what what's happening in there um and again like stuff like that it takes a lot out of you emotionally like yeah so, Do you find it uh, therapeutic or even cathartic to kind of um, revisit, I, either revisiting some of the stuff you previously wrote and rereading it or, you know, kind of exploring these themes now and working out maybe some demons and, and stuff like that? How, do you, how does it feel? I would say it is therapeutic um, in a sense. But at the same time, you kind of don't want to consistently revisit it because depending on for what's in it for me, that's personal. Like, I'm like, all right, like, OK, I'm, I'm trying to let that hurt go. I don't want to keep, you know, keep seeing it. But, you know, when you're creating, you kind of have to because you want to make sure things flow, things work. And it's the reality of it. And it's, it's going to make you uncomfortable. That's just the fact. It's going to make you uncomfortable. And I have to understand that, you know, if I'm uncomfortable, other people are going to be uncomfortable, but the idea is to talk about it, mm-hmm. to understand it. So you can move forward. Um, because there were things that I, for years, I just never talked about. I, I pretended I, it's, you know, in the past, it's whatever, but doing this, it kind of happened. It wasn't like, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do a, a poetry book about trauma. Literally, no. <laughs> um, it was an assignment for uh, my graduate class that we had to create a manuscript. And by the like, you just do different poems every week. And by the end, you have a not polished piece, but something that, you know, you could polish and make it, you know, a thing. And it had to have a theme. And I was like, by the time I got done, I was like, what? what happened? Maybe, you know, it, maybe it was supposed to happen that way. Maybe I had to work through some things and it just, you know, again, it was, it's always been an outlet to get my emotions out. 
So maybe that's just what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, something I didn't want to talk about, but it found a way to get out anyway. Yeah, so. absolutely. So when it came time to go to school, uh, like you said, you were looking in um, some different fields. Uh, I was too. Like, honestly, when I... Um, when it came time to decide, you know, what to go to school, what to go to college for. And like, I really wanted to go into art so, so much. Um, but like, I was the first person like, you know, out of my parents uh, that had went to college and there was a lot of pressure on me to not go for art, but to go for something more practical. So I went for computer science and mathematics so I'm curious how that was for you and, you know, if you had any pressures that way and what you decided to go into school for, for your first, for your first four year. For the first time, <laughs> um, there wasn't any pressure. There wasn't any, I can say, I, at least I didn't feel any or anything that anybody was saying, oh, you should go to school for this so you could make money. Like there wasn't, it, just, it really was just go to school. That's that's it. Just go to school. You know, it, that was, the, I guess, the pressure just to attend um, college in general. So I didn't have any specific things other than, oh, I biology, OBGYN, and that's like literally. But before I even, I registered as um, a biology major. But before I actually went to school, I changed my major oh, wow. to communication and um, journalism, which don't even ask me how I came to that, that I have no idea. Like to this day, I I don't remember how I got there. I just remember changing my degree. And I'm like, like at the 11th hour or like, yeah, no, literally when I, so when the way the dorms, the newer dorms were set up, you were on a floor in a building and on a floor with people of like similar majors. So that way you guys can, you know, feed off each other, help each other on it and all that. I literally was in a building on a floor with biology students and like all these science students. And I'm like, I can't do anything with you guys. Like my people are in the building next door uh-huh. because I changed my major at the last second. Um, so I have all these classes with these, these kids and I'm like, they live together. Like hmm. they're, they're forming bonds and they're talking to each other. And here's me. Um, so it, it was random honestly um but i'm happy for it but at the same time so like my last second to last semester i think there i took a creative writing course Uh and i was like why didn't i go for this why did i go for communication and journalism why didn't i go for creative like i at that point i knew i loved poetry you know like i knew that's what i want to do i at that point i kept saying i want to be an author i want to be a writer i want to be a poet but, but I went for communication and journalism. Like, I, I, there was not one point where I said, I want to be a journalist. I want to be a news anchor. Like, I want to work in radio. I've never said that. So it just kind of, it was, it was backwards, extremely backwards. But I appreciate it because there's so much um, that kind of intertwines with the communication and the journalism and mm-hmm. the writing and all those things. So I guess it kind of worked how it was supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you feel isolated at all because you were in a um, situation where in your dorm, in your building, you know, you didn't have your classmates or wasn't that a big deal or was it beneficial? Yeah. 
I mean, it really wasn't a big deal because I'm like, I'm with those people in class every day um, for my main courses. So it wasn't a big deal. And like, if you know, we just go meet up in one of the computer labs and do whatever we had to do. It didn't like necessarily hurt anything. It was, I mean, I got to meet new people. So that kind of worked out too. But it also may have been a little bit more beneficial had I been with those mm-hmm. people that I've been in class with day in day out. So. When you were in your writing classes, was it? A, I'm I'm just curious how much of it was the creative side, would you say, and how much of it was the journalistic side, or was most of it at this point journalism, communications? Yeah, for my undergrad, it was pretty much just journalism. Mm-hmm. It was that was the main focus, like news stories, um, history of journalism, yeah, and like visual literacy and graphic design and things that kind of tied in together there. Um, nothing was necessarily creative writing mm-hmm. until that one course that I took. Mm-hmm. And I, that actually pushed me too because we had to do a poetry section. And um, one of our assignments was we had to go to one of the poetry um, events and we had to read a poem. And I was like, uh, no, first of all, I already hit it public speaking. Why are you going to make me do this? And I waited till the very last one that they had on campus to do it because I didn't want to do it and one of my best friends went with me and after I got done I literally booked it out of there I was like I am not saying I'm gone I did mine I'm leaving um I was sweating I was so nervous I was like I, I don't know I was like do I really want to do poetry because I really don't want to read in front of people uh-huh. like I gotta figure this out like you know I, I have to make some decisions here but I'm like I don't have to read in front of people it's not a, like a necessity but now um, I do. So yeah, I was gonna say you 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 do it now for sure. Um, I because I know that I I've uh, seen you attached to. Um, I need to get out to to some of them, but I know that I've seen you on the roster for some events. So how did you get over that? Was it just um, practicing, uh, just getting out there and doing it, and forcing yourself to do it? How do you get over? Yeah, that kind of fear of speaking. And maybe it's not even a speaking in front of other people, but it's sharing your work. I think it's more of the sharing aspect as opposed to, because even with the written stuff, I kind of, I'm like, oh God, what are they going to think? Am I good? Do they like it? Um, no matter how many times, like the people who know me are like, you're you're good. Like, don't worry. Like, this is so good. And I'm like, cool. But you're you know me like these people don't know me so they might be like um sweetheart no this is not for you <laughs> um but then i had to realize thanks to you john this is actually a thanks to you what? you pushed me out of my comfort zone okay <laughs> so just just doing the script writing thing i was pushed out of my comfort zone and i was like on this like path of like okay i'm this is not me but i'm just gonna keep doing it and I, my husband said it too he was like i'm glad he's like you know you don't really like to be uncomfortable but i'm glad that John makes you uncomfortable and not in a bad way. Like you don't make me uncomfortable <laughs> in a bad way. Let me let me clarify that. Um but you you push me by, you know, like, oh, we're gonna do this, this is what we're doing this. Even you're like, Oh, I want you on a podcast. Like this is like what, <laughs> months ago and I was like, You want me to do what now? Like, huh? This is isn't it enough that I'm writing a script with you and I've never wrote a script before? Now you're okay. All right. And so I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like it's okay. So then I saw um I don't even remember who it was. 
I want to say it was my sister-in-law who invited me to go to an open mic night and I knew Uh nothing about it. Uh And I was like, okay. So my very first time going, you know, she's like, are you going to read? I was like, no, I'm going to check it out first. Let's see what, you know, the vibe. And and then next thing you know, I'm up there reading and I was like, oh my God, I did it. Like I did, I read it. I read in front of people. And then from there, it's just like, just keep going. Don't think too hard. Um, Like even, you know, you, Ask me like, oh, can you do a podcast with this? I'm like, don't think about it, just do it. Yes, I'm available. <laughs> so I think about it, and I'm like, oh god, no, I'm not doing that. So no. you are, uh, you're just just doing it, right? Like uh, yes, a lot of it is just it. ourselves in our own way, right? Like we're in mm-hmm. in the way of ourselves. Yes, I'm getting out of my way. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I do that too for sure. When I was. Um, I mean, maybe people now might be surprised to hear it, but when I was in grade school, I was like oddly voted like most shy and also most school spirit. So it was like, (laughs) like, um, yeah, it was like really nervous and uncomfortable and stuff like doing certain things in front of people. And I can't even imagine like, yeah, like reading your work in front of someone, that's that's a very different thing. Like that's a very different skill set. Because if you're like debating or like giving a speech or something like that, that's different than, you know, doing poetry or a short story reading or something like that. Like that that's exactly commenting to what you said is it's kind of like the fear of, you know, people also not liking your story that might be very personal like it's a whole different level of speaking this this meant something to me and you don't like it wow ouch but (laughs) honestly every i've what i've come to realize everything i write won't one appeal to everyone Mm -hmm. and also it may not mean anything to them because they've never had that experience Mm -hmm. and i have to understand that and for those who have never had that experience maybe it'll just be a learning tool for them like right. people go through these this stuff, you know. So get out of my way and just share it because it might help people and it might educate people. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a good good point for sure. We all need that perspective, right? We all need to hear other people's experiences because that's how we can empathize with one another and hopefully make the world a better place. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, sure. pie in the sky dream, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if we were all so open um, to one another, like, like I think artists know, and you know, and performers and writers and stuff like that. If I don't know, I, I'm of course very biased to this, but I felt like if we were all so open about our feelings and our experiences uh, and the good, the bad, the ugly, right, to one another that we probably would live in a more loving, caring uh, yeah. community. Yeah. That's the creative in you. <laughs> Am I naive, Shira, th- thinking, <sighs> thinking that? No, of course not. You can always be hopeful for better things. That's right. That's right. Well, so then you decide to go to grad school. Yes. So actually, um, I was going to go to grad school for um, communication. Okay. I further that degree. Um, I got accepted to a school in North Carolina. But then, surprise, you're going to have a baby. So um, 
that kind of sort of those plans a little bit. Um, and it's funny because when you talk about, we talk about pressure and my mom, her first thing was, as soon as I told her, she said, what about school? Mm. I'm like, lady, I did, I did some school already. You know, I graduated right. at least one degree. I'm, you know, I'm in my twenties. Like, it's okay. I, it's not, Most people don't even go to college, let alone pass the bachelor's, right? Right. And she's like, what about, I'm like, um, it's, it'll still happen. It's just not going to happen right now. Um, but so I think the following year, uh, 2015, I finally made a decision to pick back up, you know, a bad time with my baby bonding, you know, he was born mm. in 2014. So I think July of 2015, I was like, all right, got to get a move on it, going back to school. And I was like, but how am I going to do this? Because I still have a, you know, a baby. Mm -hmm. I had a toddler. Um, I'm like, I got to figure out how to make this work. And how did you figure it out? That's so tall. It's so tough going back to school anyways. Like when you leave, when they, you know, like when people say I'm going to take a year off college and then I'm going to come back. Like they rarely come back. So you actually had a legit situation. How how did you how did you do it? Well, for one, I saw a random Southern New Hampshire University commercial. So I was like, what is this? What is this school? What online? That's a thing. Oh, you can do school online. Okay, I know there was online classes, but I didn't know you can get like a whole degree. Okay. Um, so I started off and my husband was uh major help my mom our families you know helping with the kids oh you have work you have to do this okay we'll take the kids i mean i was doing online school i went back to work and i had two kids under the age of five <laughs> mm -hmm. um that's a lot daycare daycare was one of the things like it had to happen initially i didn't want to have uh, my youngest go to daycare until he was at least a year old but I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm trying to do school. I have a baby who needs my attention. I need to get him in the daycare. And that was like the first step to really not giving up was saying I needed help and getting that help. And from there, it just kind of took off. Now, I did take a year off in between. So there was another break. Um, <laughs> I went for a couple of years and then I took, oh, no, wait, it might have been two years off. A year and a half, a year and a half or two years, something like that. I, I took some time off. It got a little stressful at one point and I failed um, one class two times. And once you fail, like you can take a, a semester off and then come back or you can go again. But if you fail, you have to take a semester off. Like uh -huh. it's not an option. And I did. I just kept going. And then I failed it again because it, it was a lot happening. Like I, mm -hmm. I hit that breaking point And I, so I ended up taking longer than the semester off. because I was like, I need. A lot more time to regroup yeah. leave it to me to wait till the top of a pandemic to go back to school <laughs> like what <laughs> okay but honestly i didn't know that was going to happen sure so i started the process at the end of 2019 to go back to school and i started january of 2020 and then a pandemic happened and it was like well at least i'm already online for one right but really so <laughs> I mean, I was just happy because I almost didn't go back. Like you said, people mm -hmm. take time off and they don't. And I almost didn't go back. Mm -hmm. And my husband was like, no, because if you don't go back, you're going to be mad at yourself. You put all this time in, you put the work in, just finish. You're almost done. I literally had four classes left. That's it. He wow. Was like, 
finish. Just finish yeah. those four classes. And I was like, all right, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. And I mean, just through it all, through me being in school, a kindergartner starting school hmm. on the computer <laughs> and my fourth grader on the computer, we're all at home doing right. school work. <laughs> right. Um, I was like, good, you guys know how it feels. That's great. <laughs> Um, You're very determined and you, yeah, it sounds like you were extremely determined and you have a really good support network uh, that is watching out for you and supporting you and stuff. That's that's great. Friends and family, they have been 100% in my corner for everything, for all of the things. Cinema Activist is produced by Lion's Den Productions. Hosted by John C. Lyons. Music by Tony Gray. Support the efforts of Lions Den Productions by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Productions. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.